near me. Now he's having conversations on his own. Man doesn't need me for the podcast anymore. Doesn't matter. He's in the zone. He's like, fuck it. I got you, most awesome. It's like I shaved my mustache and dialed in. Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome brand new sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 94 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mavsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, with fully inflated balls, most awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. Yeah, tipping fully our, inflated. Tipping our hat a little bit. I don't like to go blue. I don't like to go blue comedy, but it's I know. a little bit of you know what we can talk about. <laughs> it's, you know what's really funny? When we were, I was listening to 93, and we had the uh, uh, toilet guy, the toilet oh, yeah. attendant guy. Yeah. I was like, ooh, it's so funny. I yeah. love to get into the blue stuff yeah. and the potty talk, and Brandana wants nothing <laughs> of it. Because you, hear, you, get, you can probably like legit hear me like tap dancing around it, just like, I, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't want You're to. Like, no. I don't. Yeah. Ugh. But Which this is we, why you're a hopeless romantic, right? This I, is why. It's all part of it. I'm hopeless part romantic. Don't like talking about toilets. I mean, that's the A to B's to me, baby. Yeah, <laughs> the A to B's. Beautiful. How's your week been, bud? What's up? What's the hat? Good, man. Ooh, we saw Santa today. Mm. Made the made the money. Okay, okay the, so the, is the, that uh? So you go to, you do the you go to the mall thing? Like you do it? You go to the mall? Yes. Okay. Yep. Go to the mall. And you got to and and I don't know if all Santas do this, but we have basically like uh, you sign up for a window and you cut that line. I oh, love I, love I remember you talking about that Such, last year. Like your wife's hack. So fucking good. She's just yeah. like oh, we're not fucking so around. So fucking good. Do you get no, no no way? You get stink eye from everybody else that didn't think about like doing the actual like like sign up. Like there's other people waiting yeah. in line. Oh, right? there's a little bit of like hey what's up, but you know hey. Yeah. You guys should look online. It's, it's kind of <laughs> easy. It's really not that hard. I'm surprised anyone doesn't realize that there's other options to sign up or make something efficient rather than just standing in the line. Come on, people. It's it's almost 2020. Yeah. Do the Get fast pass. Together. Do the fast pass. Yeah, fast pass. Exactly. Let's jump into it. Uh, episode 94, we got a ripped. We're doing On to Cincinnati. I think you know what mm. we're talking about. We're new Brandana Cliff Notes introducing a new segment. I'm talking Deflate Gate. MAMA parenting tip. Surprise! It's not about you. We're going to do top two, bottom two of the 2010s. We're going to keep getting that segment going strong. This week we're talking about sports teams. We're going to do the Neapolitan Showdown. Worst appointments to set. And we're going to finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're our power. It starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. Talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right. Ripped from the headlines on a Cincinnati. Why are we talking about this week, mm. brother? Oh, our, our, our lovely patriots are mm-hmm. embroiled in yet another scandal. Spygate 2.0 is they're kind of starting to already talk about it. And as we speak, Jay Glazer actually rolled out the audio and video of uh, 
the Bengal security who had caught this, uh, you know, craft productions guy uh, recording the sidelines of the Bengals during a practice. I have not seen that. Okay, so it's so let me get like I'll I'll talk like the average viewer right now. It's called craft productions, first and foremost. Yes, I think that, well, there's a there is a craft productions that I've seen that's been out there. Like that's what uh, in Spygate one they were said. You know, say your T- Patriots TV or craft productions. Uh, so yeah, so I, I believe that that's out there. Okay, so that's what's insane to me. So from Jump Street, well, let, let's do the let's do the macro and go to the micro right now. Like, what happened? What went down? In case people didn't hear so, about this. So yeah, so there's a there's a uh, web series called Do Your Job that is produced by the Patriots organization, where they're going around and talking about advanced scouting and all these other things, and a Patriots employee was caught filming uh exclusively the sideline of the Bengals, and this harkened back to uh 2007 where the patriots got in trouble uh for having many logs and many well we can talk about spygate but basically was recording sidelines and the signals coming in from the sidelines and uh now here we are a scant you know 13 years 20 12 years later and they got caught doing it again the patriots employees said basically hey let's just let it be bygones let's let it go i'll delete the tapes nothing needs to be you know be be talked about more about this and then i'll just be on my merry way i made a mistake and the Bengals weren't having it and it kind of uh came out from there especially because they were playing this week in week 15. So what's your take right here? Is there uh, where there's smoke, there's fire, or is this just like much ado about nothing because we fucking just hate the Patriots? Yeah, I'm, I keep vacillating between two of it. Uh, you know, part of me is, is uh, to really unpack this, you have to look back at Spygate, the original Spygate, and all that went back into there. Um, it'd be it'd be insane to me that they would be still brazen in their attempts at gaining some sight of sort of advantage over an opponent in this way and such as like like it almost seems like it's it's much ado about nothing especially now the way that signals are communicated to the defensive players 2008 they voted to put the little headset in the defensive captain's uh helmet as well just like the quarterbacks have it now so now most of those calls get relayed through the coaches to the to the linebacker or whoever that you know is making those defensive calls and then they can relay it to the rest of the team in the huddle so it is one of those things where it's like i don't you know i'd be crazy for me to sit there and say they're they're definitely cheating to gain an advantage and but at the same time the, the coincidences are a little kind of hard to you know not hard to ignore yeah it is but it's like, i'm gonna hold your feet to the fire so my take is i'll give you my take so you can like yeah just kind of fold in and give whatever you want to like I do think um, we're going to deflate gate later. I do think that that Jets thing was like legit ripping off and trying to get uh, get a one up. Like, yeah. And, and, I, and I think this number one, it's it's weird. <laughs> it's weird that there's like this internal channel of like self-produced videos that are supposed to get team like what it's this crazy. This crazy to me. I, I do. I do feel like it's explainable, but it's just kind of nuts that I really haven't heard about it or there's not been, especially with a team of this level that I haven't seen like this content from is like if they're trying to produce sure. like scout stories, but it's also, is there a little bit to like what team caught them? 
or is this always going on? Like, is it a little bit like the the Bengals? Like, are they wor- really worried about the Bengals? And is what Bill Belichick really saying true that he doesn't know this shit's going? He doesn't know everything going on. Well, obviously he's an obsessive guy. Right, right, yeah. He he doesn't know anything that's going on this post production realm because it's not really a football related thing, and he's you know the CEO of all football operations and anything going on with that, but. This, you know, this additional web series content, he's not he's not privy to. He's not aware of it. He has no idea who it is. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it, it, I mean, the, the Jets thing is definitely I mean, but here's the thing is, too, is, is the, the Spygate one it was the Jets thing that you're talking about. Yeah. Which was really yeah, let's, draw a sign, let's draw a line in the sand too. like these. I these aren't the same thing to me. And I'll get in my take. I'll do my take really, really quick, actually. OK. Right now, yeah. OK. Yeah. My take is, like, I, I just think I believe the Patriots on this one. I think there was right. just a camera crew that, you know, the Patriots have all this money and just, like, they want to create all this content and be, like, own a production company. Like, I can see how there's just, like, someone in the front office just like, hey, shoot all this BTS shit to just get us fucking excited right. about it. And just, like, some camera guy, like, doesn't fucking know the rules. And he goes up. He's just like, I'm going to get a wide shot of the field. And, like, this team we're about to play. I'm going to get, like, a like an overhead view shot of that. Like, that's explainable to me. And it's different than the Jets thing. But that the Bengals thing, like, I really, in my heart of hearts, I don't think it's nefarious. Right. Especially when, you know, it's post Spygate 1. They've already been in trouble for it. You'd be pretty dumb to sit there and go and try this method of cheating again all over. Roll I, I guess unless you think, like, unless you – and it would be, like, your greatest out would be, like, oh, there's a BTS team that does, like, Patriots internal channel shit that I don't have control over, which would be Bill Belichick's like greatest excuse. And it's like, right. If they don't get busted, they have that extra footage. If they do. And I don't think this was happening, but I don't, right. I, I'd like, I'd like to see how much this BTS crew has shot like other teams and like how many times like they've went up and like done the overhead shot of like the other team practicing, which is For also sure. insane yes. because when you, as a film crew, like when you get into another facility, like it's it's pretty fucking buttoned up. It's just like, all right, like you can't like I whatever, like I shot like a thing for like Broadway and it was just like it was very specific, like you cannot shoot the fucking stage. Like there's sure. some like when you go into other spaces that you're just you're a guest in shooting for another entity, you're just like you cannot shoot here, you can't shoot here, you can shoot here. So it's just Yeah. It seems they either went rogue or this is a loophole that the Patriots have always been like poking around about exploding. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's the thing is, is the whole Spygate unlo- unleashed a lot of questionable things that the Patriots were, you know, they, they looked at Bill Belichick as this kind of gray area and Ernie Adams, this guy who's the football director or football research director as uh, a longtime buddy of his basically looking back at it and, basically looking back at it and saying they're 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 always looking for these like subtle game advantages and they're always doing this little kind of gamesmanship type things recording it uh this could be very well uh just a here's the other thing is is it could just be just a random event an overzealous you know do your job production member just trying to shoot as much content as possible looking for the stuff um the the second thing is is that I mean, the Bengals then, I mean, everyone aware of the Patriots and what they do, maybe 
allowing it to go on and then busting him after. I mean, why wouldn't you want to stick it to the Patriots? You know what I mean? It's just like we can we can ding them for this, and they've already been caught for it once the second this comes out. Because everyone dislikes the Patriots so much, this is an easy win, and we can, you know what I mean, we can uh, throw a little shade on our competitors. It's equally the gamesmanship on the other side. Like, let's just, let's just you know, they could have let it go off and, and – and let it run off and be done with it, but they decided to go public with it. So what's your instincts? Are your instincts that this is actually like a cheating thing or are your instincts this is just like, it happens to be the Patriots, so it looks uh, a lot more blown up than it would be if this happened to another team? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we're I think we're gonna have to find I think we're gonna find out a lot more. I think the Patriots are gonna get fucked because oh, really? this is gonna open up. I think I think they're I think they're gonna get opened up for a lot of other stuff because of the way that Spygate was handled. And in turn, we've we've heard about Deflategate and we talked about Deflategate. A lot of people assume that the punishment for Deflategate was in response to the I guess the lack of due diligence by the NFL for Spygate one. Um, but truthfully. I think there's always a little bit of gamesmanship going on with these clubs. Like I'm, a, well, I'm keep, of the firm you, believer. You keep there's... going back to gamesmanship. I don't want to interrupt you, but you keep going back to it. And it's just like, is this? This to me is like outside the lines of gamesmanship. Like if this is really going on, and the purpose is actually to like film like other teams' sure. walkthroughs, like that's a little cheating vibe to me. Well, right, but is but it's, if it's always been going on. And we just haven't been aware of it. We, you know, here's the thing: is is the Patriots weren't the only team that was doing it. I think the Patriots are the the team that pushes the boundaries of, if you want to call it cheating, gamesmanship. You want to pushing the envelope, finding the loopholes. They're the ones pushing the envelope. But 2006, a memo came out, went out to all these other clubs, along with the Patriots, don't film the sidelines any longer, and the coaches' signals in there. And in 2007, they the Patriots were continuing to do it. And Bill Belichick stated, stated that he he thought it was basically if they didn't use that footage in that game, it was okay. But they still could shoot the sidelines, which everyone was like, well, I don't think that that's mm-hmm. yeah. what we spelled out in the articles of the NFL Constitution and definitely not in the memo. So you should have known that. But this goes back to George Hallis and all, in the, the roots of football. Jimmy Johnson, who is a Dallas coach, said when he was a scout for the Kansas City Chiefs, this is what he was directed to do and how he was told to do it exactly the way Bill Belichick was doing it. So it's been always going on. So that's why I call it James gamesmanship, because I think it's not just the Patriots that are doing it. I think there's a lot of other teams looking for a, a lot of other little uh, one-upsmanships and find looking for a way to find an advantage if you're a poker player and you see a, a guy's tick you're going to exploit that and i think that's what we're we're sitting in a little bit yeah but still just like if you're a poker player like you're gonna find another guy's tick and if you're a poker player like is my team allowed to film like your last poker event or not like do you think that's actually like are the patriots the only team doing this or is everyone doing this and we're only just paying attention because everyone hates the fucking patriots I think it's the latter. I think it's the okay. latter. I think I think everyone's doing it in some way, shape, or form. What do we hear about it? And it, because because there's why don't we hear about it? It's a good question because I think every because I think it's mutual assured destruction. If everyone starts pointing the fingers at everyone else, then everyone's going to be culpable for it. Yeah, the Patriots win the most, and so they're an easy target because everyone is so thirsty to fucking unseat the Patriots. We see it all the time. Everyone can't wait for the Patriots to lose, yet they keep winning. So are, 
on your premise, and I don't want to walk down this if you really feel it. Like, there's yeah. a lot of Spygate shit. Uh, Spygate's probably strong, but there's a lot of like uh, what honest Cincinnati shit going on with uh, with all the other teams, and we're just not talking about it because it's not the Patriots. Well, it's not being reported on because other teams are, you know, other teams complain about their headsets going out, but the Patriots get brought up all the time because it seems very coincidental. So maybe they're the ones that are pushing it more than every other team. And maybe it seems like it's a little bit more egregious with the Patriots, you know, pumping in noise volume. uh, But I'm I'm talking straight, like, recording walkthroughs, recording practices. Are there any other... Are there any other, there kind any of other reports? reports of that? Uh, well, technically, 2010, Josh McDaniels, who was a disciple <laughs> of uh, was a disciple of the Patriots, sure. yeah. got busted for recording for recording. But other than that, there hasn't been. But the memo came out in 2006, not specifically targeting the Patriots, but yeah. targeting any and all recording of uh, opposing player sidelines. No longer to be done. So, like I said, it's not like it was just the Patriots. It was a common practice. The Patriots just kept doing it in unique and creative ways to keep pushing that envelope. Bill Belichick said in, in the whole Spygate 1 that basically it, it really didn't matter a whole lot in their overall preparation. Maybe gave them a slight advantage over certain play scenarios. Yeah, it really sure, didn't I mean, help them. Yeah, you're gonna say that, yeah. But it's, yeah, what, what the fuck else is he going to say? I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. I learned all their you know? signals. It was uh, uh, least to not very least helpful. We might have right, got exactly. a couple things. Right, which even makes the thing is, is that even Robert Kraft was like, well, if it didn't help, then why the fuck did you keep on doing it? Okay, so real, you know real, I mean? real talk. Uh, do you think they were filming Cincinnati? Was Bill Belichick, did he get busted? Is this real information going back to Belichick on his coaching strategy? This this incident right here? Yeah. <sighs> it seems insane. I don't know. I think it, this is a perfect storm also because it seems insane because it's Cincinnati. <laughs> it's just right. like, you just... You can go in Cincinnati and win, which they obviously did. Well, like you don't need like all the. What do you got, buddy? But but no, but no. That that's a great point, though. The thing of it is, is I think where it helped them the most, and where other clubs had said back to Spygate one, is where it helped them the most was not in the the Steelers who were high level clubs was actually the shit clubs because they were undisciplined to change up their signals. Oh, they're oh they're, ta- signals. oh they're taking advantage of the shit. They're just but, like they're walking. Yeah, they're toning it, that line. Yeah. Exactly. And so it, it's it's one of those things where – so here's the interesting thing about the Patriots organizations that I do not know if there are anything else like this in the league. I can't, I can't speak to it. But there's a gentleman by the name of Ernie Adams who's the director of football research for the Patriots. Basically is a longtime buddy. He's an analytics guy and studies and apparently has a uh, photographic memory, memorizes this. And so when they were cutting up all the Spygate 1 tapes and all the signals – that copy directly went to this guy named Ernie Adams, who is basically, he sits up in the clubhouse, or in the press box, rather, and watches these things and relays down to 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 uh, Belichick, hey, this is what I think is going to happen. They're going to pass. They're going to run. I think this is what the set's coming in. So if there's any connection in the Cincinnati instance back to Ernie Adams, then we have, I think then we have a real, hey, this is a, this is a big issue. This is a scandal of the highest order. Yeah. But if it's if it just happens in this production vacuum, this post production or this you know this post uh, you know this web series, whatever you want to call it, you know it better than I. It's whatever this web series is, and it just happens in this vacuum, then I think it's uh, 
you know, I think it's a, an innocent mistake. And I think because it's the Patriots, it's guilty by previous uh, allegations. I think it's a mistake. Uh, I do. My intentions are that it's an innocent mistake is the vibe right. I'm getting. I, and I think so. It's, it's fucking, And maybe it's a little bit Cincinnati. But I do. One thing I will chew on is your point that it's, you know, these other teams are a little bit less disciplined. So maybe it's like. Cincinnati gives you the opportunity to take advantage of them. Like you can get a right. field crew. Yeah, first year. Yeah, and that's the thing is, is like, why on God's green earth, if you play a team during the during that during that season, would you let anybody from their organization in ahead of time to film anything? It yeah. seems fucking nuts to me. You know what I mean? And and that's the thing is, is like. I think that NFL clubs look for every single advantage, and we see it all over. We see it in, in college football. You see it in guys getting cut, taking their playbooks with them. In the Eric Weddle, here's a great thing. Eric Weddle for the Rams, when they played the Ravens, sat there and said, I won't tip any of my knowledge for my stint with the Rams and give it to the Ravens. I'm just not going to do it. He came out and kind of said it in a, as like a badge of honor. It's like, well, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, keep the sanctity of the game and, and, and just play it on the field and not give any advantage to my team because of my previous history with the other team. But that happens all the time. Yeah. These guys are going out there and downloading when they train. This is what we're doing. A couple years ago when the Jets blew out the Lions and blew them out like 42 to nothing, they – knew all of the calls they knew all the offensive calls because we weren't disciplined to change it up so this stuff happens all the time it's just it's the ones and they're looking for all these little advantages all the time that's why i i think it's much ado about nothing this time and with the spygate one uh, you know i'd be i mean it is pretty nefarious but i would i'm i'm i still think that there's a lot of other this shit going on in the nfl that we're just not finding out because you know we don't want to know yeah yeah so okay, uh, we gotta boil it down. We are a podcast of hot takes. Uh, was hot takes. New England Patriots cheating in Cincinnati, or is this just like a fucking miscommunication weird thing? Yeah, I'm gonna say it's it's bad optics, bad thing, and uh, I think it's because of the Patriots. We can't wait to fricassee them and 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 call them cheaters. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, let's jump into this new thing we're doing: Brandana Cliff Notes. Uh, I want to talk about staying very on brand. I want to talk a little yes. deflate gate, brother. Deflate. There you go. All right. Here's what happened. There was a football game, uh, AFC Championship game <laughs> of 2014. <laughs> Colts versus. I like how you that. I like that's the macro, macro, <laughs> macro starts of all. Macro, macro, macro. Uh, there was a Colts versus Pats. Uh, Pats. Patriots favored by seven in 2014 AFC Championship game. The final score was. 45 to 7 uh, in favor of the New England Patriots over the Indianapolis Colts. This uh, gives the Flaygate uh, rules. Inflated, uh, a football has to be inflated no less than 12.5 pounds per square inch. Uh, here are five things you need to know about the NFL ball rules. Home and visiting teams should have 12 new Wilson official NFL football footballs for uh, referees to check in before the game. Home club should have 12 extra balls as backup visiting teams can provide 12 additional balls at their discretion. Football should never be placed on or inside benches or in front of heaters. Wilson Sporting Goods gives instructions to equipment managers for proper ball preparation, including brushing the balls and wiping them down with a damp towel. 
extra footballs or in ball bags during the game and put near the on-field instant replay monitor. And last rule, anyone who alters the inflation of a ball faces a $25,000 fine. Sorry, guys. Thanks for walking mm. through that. Uh, that was boring AF, but it's what we need to know because what happened basically is so we had a one ball out of the 12 balls was inflated two pounds under the 12.5 uh, PSI rating. That's has to be for football. And then we have Tom Brady. Uh, the biggest thing we get right here, I'm just giving the cliff notes. I'm giving the macro on here. Yeah. Uh, McNally was the guy that got fired. So there was, there was a cell phone that Tom Brady destroyed. So Tom Brady was asked to supply his cell phone and all his text messages. Tom Brady did destroy that cell phone. His excuse... So he was he was asked to supply it in uh, right when the hearing happened, I think in February, and it was short in March, so it wasn't available in April. The big point right. here this is, is like, for the this is for the Wells report, right? For the Wells report, yeah. For about. the Wells report, yes. yeah. So he was asked to have the cell phone. So I just the, the important cliff note right here because we're doing brand name cliff notes is let's keep it simple. He was asked to hand over his cell phone. He got that information, and he destroyed his cell phone. And we were just like, hey, we have a cell phone. He was like, the cell phone no longer exists because I'm <laughs> right. famous. <laughs> I destroy cell phones. Um, right. I want to read this to you, brother. So am I good? Okay. Is, is there anything I'm missing right now? I know, I know I'm going super. There's a lot of information here. This is wild. Well, I mean, this it, is wild. They, it, it, right. The fact is, is that they had one over the 12. They adjusted it at halftime and beat the shit out of the Colts anyways. The yeah, the, the final score of the game the was 40, 40 uh, oh shit, where did I have to write it? It was what, it was, uh, 45 to 7 or 40, 42 to 7? Yeah, Sonny. The final score was 45 to 7. I didn't put this right. in a great order. But yeah, it was 45 to 7. That's right. It's right. So, yeah, and, and they, they fixed the balls at halftime. Yes? Am I, am I correct in this? They no, I think, I think, it, I think it's the, I think it's the halftime vibe of it. I haven't okay. seen anything well, you said it just Maybe happened. I'm misremembering this. Either e- either way, they beat this. Because I thought it was they adjusted the balls at halftime. They were underinflated. They adjusted the balls at halftime. Still beat the shit out of them. Oh, I no, no. I, I do agree with that. Yes, 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 yes. They they yeah. finally, at halftime, they were became aware that there was something weird with the footballs. And they got them all back on track. Yes, exactly. And still proceeded, inflated or not, beat the shit out of the Colts. Ryan Grigson, the GM of the Colts, uh, and a reporter from the Indianapolis Star, I believe. I'm going to have to drink everyone if it's wrong. Uh, went there and started this initial complaint. Then this led into, you know, fucking owners throwing their hands up. Goodell and, you know, the Wells report. Ted Wells getting an independent third-party uh, investigator. Um, part and parcel because of his handling of uh, Spygate 1.0. And then, then yes, then here we are. Now it's a congressional hearing or, 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 uh, you know, asking uh, Tom Brady to support or supply his phone, uh, showing text messages to McNally. McNally was a uh, equipment manager. Yeah. Yeah. I get you, brother. So it goes back and forth. 2015, Tom Brady, uh, they, Figure this out. They're like Tom, Sp- Tom Brady suspended four games. He appealed. Uh, yeah. Goodell held up the suspension, which is, I mean, save it for another, save it for the pod. As we say, right. we could talk forever about the just bizarre, like internal, like ruling the NFL has. Because <laughs> you, 
Yes. You basically appeal to the guy that like made the judgment, which is insane, but whatever. So uh, Goodell held up a suspension of four games. Brady appealed that in federal court, uh, and the judge did overrule the suspension. Uh, so Brady played for all 2015, uh, and it was still going on. Second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals reinstated, reinstated Brady's suspension. It would now have to go to the Supreme Court which by that time, Brady was just like, fuck it, I'm not going to do this. So yeah. he did serve his four, Took his four games. games. Yep. His suspension was for uh, 243 pages. One thing I do want to hit you with, and I mean, like, I don't think there's any easier way to find the facts than to just hear people talking about shit. Uh, this is McNally and his boy. McNally, these are actual, legit text messages taken okay. from their phone. McNally, Tom sucks. I'm going to make... The, that next football, a fucking balloon. Uh, his boy talked to him last <laughs> night. He actually brought you up and said you must have a lot of stress to get them done. Uh, I told him it was. He was right, though. I checked some of the balls this morning. The refs fucked us. A few of them were almost 16. They didn't recheck that after they put the air on them. McNally, fuck them. 60 is nothing. Wait till next Sunday. Oh, my God, you spaz. I have a big needle for you this week. Better be surrounded by cash and new kicks, or it's a rugby Sunday. Rugby Sunday is reference to a big overinflated ball. Man, McNally right. says, fuck Tom. Uh, his boy says, maybe we'll have uh, some nice size 11s in your locker. McNally says, Tom must really be working your balls hard this week. This is actual text messages going down, and I'm not a wither smoke, there's fire guy, but... All this conversation with me is like there is definitely Tom Brady asking for specific rules on how he wants the footballs inflated, which I walk right. through the rules and there's just like there's no leeway for that. Right. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, two, it's two different things. Like Tom Brady, like in my allegedly, uh, I think he was fucking around with the rules. Uh, this guy got fired. He destroyed his cell phone. Tom Brady destroyed his cell phone. This guy got fired. He got rehired. This is all, all go down. But it's... Are we skirting the lines a little bit? Or, or is this just common practice? Are, are we... Are, am, I, am I worrying about something that's... It's like you and I play with co-pilots a little bit. And you're just like, hey, you know what I like? Sure. Like, I like... Uh, you know, like, uh, pull on the guy's shorts a little bit and just, like, are, is this something, like, <laughs> is this the pass interference thing where I'm just like, uh, yeah, this part of the game? Or is it... Right. Is it us hating the Patriots or is it like Tom Brady is fucking cheap? Oh, well, I think I think it's I think it's um, yes. I think you know the famous you'll you you know this uh, famous line from a Tom Cruise movie, Rubbin's Racing, right? Yeah. yeah. You know this movie? Yes. Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of that. These guys want i mean tom we've, we've talked about in pods past tom brady is a lunatic is obsessive and compulsive and probably like when ross tucker who writes for the athletic and has a podcast was an offensive lineman for the for the patriots for a long time he talked about tom brady's like obsessiveness with just getting the snap correct he just said everything starts from there everything starts and begins from the snap and i would i'd venture to guess that his obsession went even further down into the minutia of how the ball felt in his hand, the way he could grip it. And I, the thing that I can't wrap my mind around is, is do the balls 
having an uninflated yeah, ball yeah, or don't... less than inflated ball, does that give you any sort of advantage? If anything, I would think it would be more for the running backs because they could squeeze a little bit tighter and not fumble. Yeah, I, less yeah, I, the quarterback. I, also, like, I don't think we need to. To me, it's not about like, oh, is this good? Is it bad? Is this good for football? Is it being a better quarterback? To me, it's just like, is he cheating or not? Is this cheating or is it not cheating? Do, yeah, do, are, are there I, other I mean, stories of fucking I, like Vinny Testaverde being like, oh, inflate that <laughs> football to the size of a fucking balloon? Like, I really want it to fucking float. But here's the thing: is is the, because just because the absence of a story doesn't mean it didn't happen. We're Correct. just not aware of it. Correct. But before this That's time, we've yeah, never been. Right. A, Right. We've never been aware of any sort of like the levels of footballs and what they're inflating it. And to be fair to Tom Brady, in this respect, the the calculation, the measurement of the of the of the PSIs pregame by the refs didn't happen. They don't they didn't check it. They don't really know. They just look at it and go, Oh yeah. I mean there's a whole thing about the cooler and then feeling cold and all this other bullshit. But it's like one of those things that's like, Well, I this is what I like. This is how I want to play with it. If it's a little under, so be it. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I'm talking about too. It's just like, do we give I'll give the pass to everybody if that's just how the league works. And I know Tom Brady gets the super spotlight and I don't think like yeah. A ball that's one pound less PSI is gonna make you beat another team by thirty five fucking points. Uh, I w- I will get into. I do like the idea of we play with one football, and if that football gets destroyed or punctured, then we have backup footballs. I don't think I like the idea of just like what's the football I prefer. Like have my football. Like I have a Tom Brady football, and then you know Jameis Winston has Jameis Winston football. Just there's just one football. There's one right. football. In the NBA, they come out, they look at the refs have like four balls that they can choose from. Each team's captain has to like look at it, settle on it. You know what I mean? And yeah. you see, if you ever watch closely, you watch him warm up. I've seen LeBron almost bully opposing guys into <laughs> the balls that he wants. Yeah. But, you know, it's probably because he's LeBron. And to your point, yes, there's something to be said for that. You know what I mean? Uh, or at least like you could sit there and go, here are six balls. These are the six balls everyone agreed to. This is and they'll they'll, they'll just be in rotation. Yeah. And if something happens and we'll have a backup, if one goes flying off into the the stands, we've got a backup, so we're not you know waiting to be like, hey, can we get can we, a little help? Can I get the ball back? <laughs> ball back. You know, ball back. Not doing that thing. Well, it just seems like insanely fair to me just to be like, this is a football we're playing with. I it's it's kind of yeah. The more I dug into this, the more silly I thought it was. There's just like twelve different footballs. Like it kind of. Uh, I'm not going to go super deep on this, but like part of the sanctity of the game of sanctity, I didn't actually mean that, but it's just like, right. We just play with this football. This football is going to decide yeah. the game. How many times are you going to get this football over the goal line versus how many times I'm going to get that same football over the goal line. Let's just play with this ball. Yeah. Does major in major league baseball, do, the, the balls come from the ump. I don't think that they, they're not approved by like th- these are the balls that I want to use. They come from Major League yeah, Baseball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is the balls we roll out. Uh, basketball, they have four balls that they kind of go over and choose one. They have a couple backups just in case someone punts it into the, into the stands. Uh, football is the only one where the teams bring their own balls, and I think it's a vestige of the past where ball clubs were like, "Hey, you just bring your ball, and we'll bring our balls, and then we'll just decide on what ball to use." And it's always kind of developed from there. A lot of these old rules are just rules that never have been modified or changed as the, day, as the game has grown. It would have been interesting had Goodell sat there and been like, you know what? Fuck it. 
we're going with NFL regulation footballs. We're never going to let this happen again. He didn't. Yeah, he did not. He yeah. just fucking he just hammered the Patriots, uh, and and that's that. But th- this is why the NFL is a calamity, and Roger Goodell is a calamity, and why people just have fucking icky feelings when it comes down to the NFL because they just do fucking wonky shit, as you were talking about earlier. They just do weird shit that makes people feel fucking like something's not right in this. Yes, like right. Yeah, they they pull super early triggers. They get they historically get it wrong. Uh, The end of this was Tom Brady's been in four games. Team was fined one million dollars, and then they lost two draft picks. But yeah, it's super. And this isn't the pod to get into it, obviously, but it's just like the Ray Rice thing. Like, they went out there. They got it super wrong. What, suspended two games yeah. or four games? And then walked that back in an indefinite suspension. Went up to six. Yeah, right. And then indefinite six. and then, Yeah, and then Greg Hardy and the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, 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 they have missteps all the way around, and there's no consistency in it, and they just kind of unilaterally decided at the, at the top and – and that's why people are always kind of questioning the decision-making of Roger Goodell, and rightly so. He should be questioned. Uh, here we go again. I bring up a topic. I wanted this to be Brandana Cliff knows, but all the information and the hot takes from your boy most awesome. That is why he's the talent, and I sit here looking like oh. an idiot. All right, let's move on. No, you uh, did great, B. You did great, nah, B. thank you. Thank you. Um, all right, so really uh, kind of just – put a bow on it right now did they get to flake gate correct or no uh i i truly believe and uh there's a there's a good article like 2015 ish on espn about basically deflate gate is a makeup for spygate that spygate the owners felt that goodell rushed the decision quickly which he did he only took four days to make the spygate decision happen yeah uh which i think he's probably he's probably doing for a power move right it's just like i gotta look like i control this league and they fucking got it wrong which he does all the biggest mistake i see roger goodell doing all the time is like rushing to a decision which is why now we see no fucking decisions right exactly and then so then he brought in all this other stuff really hammered him for that you mentioned the million dollar penalty loss of a draft pick uh and four game suspension from uh tom brady and and i have said there you know part i also think part of the reason why he destroyed that phone is it's not because of the text message back and forth that you saw it read from mcnally but i actually think there's probably worse things in there that they would have found in those phones and i'm your boy podcast 10 i believe mm. it was yes i said tom brady would be embroiled in a balco s scandal with tb12 oh, shit. said this before and i'm the biggest tom brady fan you know i love tb12 i love this guy but yeah, i think you know yeah but i think i think that'll that's probably the, a bigger reason why he destroyed that phone because he didn't want that and uh maybe some tawdry photos of giselle and <laughs> you fucking say that all uh, right let, let's jump into <laughs> uh blue, baby ma ma parent tip breeze the jam <laughs> Throw your hands in the air if you're a true player. I love the when you call me big pop To the honeys getting money playing niggas like honeys. All right. M-A-M-A parenting tip. Surprise, it's not about you. Ooh. Bro. Nicely so done. I like it, you bro. Did, uh, I think you did kind of an epic. Sub- I, so we talked talk about this yes. off pod. We, we, did. we talk off – if you guys don't know, we're friends in real life. We talk off pod sometimes. <laughs> but we're leading into the pod. We're talking about, like, you had a 
a trip down to Disney. You brought uh, yep. your two girls and your son. Uh, yep. Epic. So what I and I just I was kind of fascinated about like just you know because I think you get you get excited about what you're about to show them and just like how it happened. So it's just like I wanted you to walk us through a little bit of just like what it is planning that surprise, but more like executing it and like like using their energy off of like mission accomplished. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we we planned a surprise trip to Disney World. For our kids, they had no idea on on Wednesday morning that we were going to be actually going to Disney. They thought we were going to go to the Children's Museum in Indianapolis, uh, which is fun in its own right, but it's no Disney. Mm-hmm. And so us and the cousins met in the parking lot of the airport, and we were all kind of cautiously waiting the moment to spring it on the girls. And we they had a little gift to unpack with, like, I, you can get autographs from the the disney princesses little wait, wait so pick. was it a big moment like just spring you're just like you talk to dr miss the commission you're just like we're gonna tell the girls now like this is the time we're gonna tell them oh yeah we even planned it so we so we sat there we talked about it we, we they made the plans obviously when the, the girls are going to bed and they're like oh this would be great let's surprise them what what's the way that we could surprise them so this this whole plan of how to do it kind of came involved and even got down to the point it's like where in the process of the airport do we do it? Because if we do it, like, as we're, like, you know, getting our tickets, they're going to figure it out. And I'm sure some, you know, gate check person will be like, oh, you're going to Orlando? Oh, going to Disney or something like that. So we're like, let's do it before we get into the airport. Let's find a quiet spot. We actually did it uh, in the shuttle bus, like, holding area, waiting for the shuttle where we parked our cars. Uh, so we plan all this out, and it was going to be like, we're going to give them the gifts, and their aunt uh, uh, was going to basically say, like, look, like I, I, I played a little bit of a trick on you. We're not going to Indianapolis, which immediately, or we're not going to the Children's Museum, which immediately uh, Kamishat was, like, got, like, annoyed. It was like, <laughs> wait, we're not going? We're not? What are we doing then? And then he's like, but I got you a couple gifts, and I want you to unpack them, and they're going to be clues as to where we're going to go. And one was a Mickey's ear or a Minnie's ear. Uh, and the other was like a little autograph book for the Disney princesses. They didn't quite put it all together. I think part of them was still trying to wrap their little minds around it. And so this is to your point. Like we were envisioning this like, holy shit, like freak out moment. Like I can't believe we're going to Disney or completely like stun. Maybe you've seen like the videos where the kids are like, you know, epically crying and things like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. We got none of it. We got none of it. <laughs> You're like, we, I want my daughters crying. I want them excited. I want like, exactly. I want them. I want them jazz, and I want. I want them pumped up. But to your point is what we talked about. It's not about us. Yeah. See, I'm imprinting. I'm imposing all of that. Yeah. Onto them and their reactions, and I had to real. I had to think about it in the moment. It was like it's not about me in this moment. It's about them, and they're going to process however they process it. And it was really kind of like a slow burn. Like you could see as we were on the shuttle talking to their cousins, like they were starting to get more and more excited in that initial moment when we unveiled it the the surprise was just too big big for their little minds to yeah to kind you, of process uh, all you, at once. you unveiled before the plane flight or after plane yes flight? we did before before okay. the plane flight yeah yes. so you're on the Literally plane flight in the shuttle bus that's nice yeah, yeah to to the airport because we were worried that it was going to get spoiled by some other factor other than in our control so we wanted to kind of kind of control the surprise and i'm filming it and i'm like really excited and the cousins are really excited and it was a great moment, but it was just too much of a moment for them. It's still beautiful in its own right. Yeah. It's just not what I was expecting and anticipating 
which really kind of set a tone for the whole trip because what I thought, because, you know, we, we obviously plan the trips and you get your fast passes. Um, what you think that they're going to get excited for is not necessarily always what they get excited for. And, and then conversely, sometimes when they get excited for things, it's not what you're expecting at all. So, for example, they're, you know, the girls are young enough and there's a big Disney Junior, like, kind of participation, uh, you know, dance and sing and, you know, kind of be like a, a full immersion experience with this Disney Junior thing. And they have like this little, you know, this wonderful girl who like sings and dances and gets the whole little girls and little boys like dancing and going. And like I could see Kamishette really wanting to do it but was also like looking at her cousins who are a little bit older and it's a little, it's a little young for them not doing it. And I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't do this. And I was like trying to push her into doing it. She's like, no dad, I don't want to do this. And I was like, oh, I had to sit back and go, this isn't about me. This is her. She's enjoying it in her own right. I can't, even though I know she wants to do it, I can't continually try and like push her and go to her into dancing because she doesn't want to do it. Her cousins don't, aren't doing it. Half the audience are kind of doing it. She doesn't want to do it, even though I know she, deep down in her soul, probably wants to do it and would like to do it. They dance all around, all the time in our house, all the time. But she's not wanting to do it, so I, don't, I can't. I can't make her have that experience, even though that's the experience I want her to have. So this is tasteful. Like in your mind, you're just like, oh shit! Like I'm going to get tickets to Disney. My yeah. two daughters and my son's head are going to explode. We're going to high five. <laughs> They're going to weep. We're going to play, and it's going to be like best that ever. And it's just like, yeah. It doesn't it and it doesn't follow through like that, but it's still like an amazing trip. So like what part of the trip yes. where you're just like, This is a home run? Like I did you get the like quintessential like Disney commercial, like where she looks back and she's just like you know, one of your daughters looks back and just like Lavender has like the little ears on, or do you realize it's just like dude like much of what we see is commercialized, so it's not even about that. You're just like I know her overall experience was just like she loved being here. Yeah, that's a good point. I think we we inform our like idea of what that's supposed to be yeah. by everything else around it and the commercials and this is the experience. We had plenty of those little moments here and there. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, 2.0 loves Cinderella's castle. Yeah. Freaks out, loves it, <laughs> wants to go in there, would like point and yell at it. From my experience meeting like, her, probably wants to climb it. Wants to climb it. Probably wants to climb. Yeah, exactly. be on top of it. <laughs> That's the highest peak in this place. <laughs> I want to get to there. So, so yeah. So we had these little like we had these little moments, right? We had these little, but they popped up when I when I was least expecting it. When we we're when we we're literally walking down Main Street and gonna like we we're trying to race to get to something else, you know, a ride or we have a fast pass we have to get to. That's when stuff like that would happen, or or someone passing by, or just like them getting excited over, you know, seeing like a, a Chewbacca walking down when we we're at the Star Wars park, like walking yeah. down the center of it, like stuff like that. When I was least expecting it, and then the things that I was expecting them to be most amped up for, sometimes sometimes they were, sometimes they weren't. But overall, the whole trip was. I mean, we came back and they were like on the last night we. We had an epic meltdown from Kameshat, who didn't want to leave, who, when we got back sure. home, was like, when can we go back to Disney? Why Can I go back for my birthday? Like, no, <laughs> we're not going to go back, yeah, like, yeah, in yeah. four months. Like, yeah. it's not happening. So we know we won on that level. But it, it, it served as a good reminder that our kids' experiences are theirs. And while we want to have – we want to envision what's going to happen for them, ultimately – 
we have to understand that it's their experience and we have to sop up that experience and not look at what we've seen it and try and like make those two things happen in cohesion. You hope for the, you hope for the, you know, you're the best dad ever and weeping or crying or just super excited, but whatever it's going to be is what it needs to be. And you can't let the other (laughs) try and push the, 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 the realistic, Thing that's happening into into that realm so, so what which, which, which you think like uh, at, at the end of the day just trying to like sop up the moment and just make the moment like rememberable was there like i gotta do this photo right here was there just like a little thing do you internalize it you're just like oh like meshet 2.0 describes my hand like i remember that for the rest of my life is there anything you're just like i want to make sure like i lock in this event like however to make it exist in my mind for the rest of my life yeah i mean it's it's things like you know, we went on the, on the goofy ride, the goofy roller coaster and, you know, Dr. Mrs. Commission 2.0, like she 2.0 was like hysterically laughing. It was like the funniest moment in the trip between her and them. And so she like absorbs that. And then like, you know, me taking pictures with Cinderella, you know, castle in the background because they're super excited for that. Those little vignettes. So there's always going to be those little things that come up or, or seeing them, you know, talking to the Disney princesses and just like them getting super excited uh, over the Disney princesses and getting to sign and talk to them. Those are all those little things. And, and really truthfully, when you look at it, it's not any different than any time of you being a parent, you know what I mean? Some of my favorite memories are like seeing, you know, Kamishette start to become like a little bit of a person and have yeah. this identity and like I have a I have this great memory of us in the summertime with the windows down a little bit. She's listening to music and her head little heads bop into music and the wind's blowing through her hair. I'll never forget that. That's equally as memorable to me as any of those Disney moments. I just have to realize that those moments happen all over when I'm least expecting them and just be just be a uh a, 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 you know a a net to kind of capture all of that. And just and and let the good stuff kind of seep in and, and stick and trying to hold on to those and not sit there and be like oh well I have to I have to vision board our relationship and put everything up how I see it's going to happen it'll just happen it'll come together the way it should. All right, is uh, last question? Is there like a little letdown after that? Like you get back and everybody's just like like you said I think to your point like when we go back to Disney again like just kind of keeping right. shit in perspective like we ain't going to Disney like twice a year for the next like two yeah yeah years. right right yeah there's a little bit of that like realistic uh expectations of hey we're first off we're not going back until everyone can fucking walk and walk <laughs> on their own man god damn disney with uh, a five a three and a ten month old it's mm. like you are a pack mule dude uh, uh i wouldn't suggest it if you if you if you really could get away with it um yeah no you just have to sit there and explain to them hey like uh you know, this is a special thing. You don't get to do special things every year or twice a year. It's a once in a, you know, in a, every few years. But we will come back, and we'll come back with the cousins. And the, it'll be different. It'll be fun. Yeah. Well, uh, I will be on the next journey. Guys, uh, there top go. two, bottom two, the 2010s bring us to that silly jam. There's nothing where he used to lie. Conversation has one Top two, bottom two of the 2010s. 
series we are running until the ball drops on 2020 this week we're talking about teams brother let's again i always say this they're not in order let's start with the bottom twos what's your bottom two teams of the Um, decade of the decade of the decade exactly i i can't think of two more deserving teams no particular order. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns being one of them. On my list. Uh, zero win, zero winning seasons in the, the decade. Seven head coaches, several front staff GMs. Uh, just an ugly organization all the way around. I mean, there's nothing good about them. And uh, we mistakenly backed them, got excited <laughs> for them. And much like the Cleveland fan base, we were – quickly reminded of who and what they are yeah and we quickly I, I think we corrected that maybe not quickly enough but it looked like they were turn, they had all things except i think you would say like head coaching is the problem because they definitely like it looked exciting this year they got like the talent there and but they just did the weird thing that only two teams have done in nfl ever was go over 16 2007 or 2017 yeah. with um with hugh jackson yeah, yeah. Just and they like, went one and fifteen the year before. What what is it about this team? Like I I get like what is it about the Cleveland Browns? And not to bring up your Detroit Lions or the other team to go winless, yeah. but it's just like yeah. they're not they don't seem as inept as the Cleveland Browns because like so many things are coming together, especially this year with all the fucking talent coming in. They just can't not only not figure it out, but it's like it's way off the mark of what we thought. They yeah. I mean, they were favored yeah. to win the division. Yeah, they were. And it's it's all it starts from the top down, you know, it, it from the from the ownership group. Same thing with the Lions. I mean the Lions, Martha Ford has owned it, uh, and has had this casual affair with the football team, not really caring or holding teams accountable. It starts with the organizations and, and who owns them in it and it trickles down from there. With the Browns, they're they're willy nilly. They they have no culture because they change every couple of years. They like I said, seven different head coaches, four or five different GMs. Who is they have no identity. They don't know and no one holds the players accountable because no one there is, you know, everyone's just looking out for their own best interest. Well, it kind of reminded me of like the Eagles of like 2011 or whatever, like when Vince Young was the backup quarterback and it's just like with the dream team that didn't right. execute like obviously besides the NBA like just talent doesn't necessarily get you to fucking championships like i don't see what the cleveland browns can do much more than what they put together now like even if they got a different head coach in there like is it salvageable or is this because i don't believe in curses but is this like franchise just like cursed to be fucking dog shit right yeah i mean until the ownership group decides to really set some edicts and some like this is who we are and this is who we're going to be and holds firm to it it's like any sort of like organization uh that's out there any sort of business that's out there if they don't have a clear vision of the direction of who they're going to go not just like hey we want to get talent we want to football games we want to sell stuff out you know what i mean like that's really what it seems like the browns want to do like let's just get some talented guys oh odell beckham's available let's let's trade some draft picks for him I don't really, you know, I don't really care who's coaching him. We got Odell Beckham. We got the number one draft pick. We got Baker Mayfield. He's got a lot of swag. So let's, you know, fuck it. Let's just promote Freddie Kitchens, who in the previous year's hard knocks, our quarterback called an idiot. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what the I, fuck? So, so where's this, like, I, I get it's like the NBA where you get LeBron James just like, oh, who's this is going to who's coach me, like, I'll answer to him or I will not. Like, yeah. Do they have any chance of like riding the ship? Because this is going to be the best shot they have. And if they fucked up, if they fucked up this year, like it ain't going to get right for like ten years. And now we have Obey, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. like asking for a trade out. Like maybe, maybe not. But it's just yeah. like slide it out there. Like it might happen. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is they just gave up a bunch of assets to get him. And who knows? I mean, and he I was excited. Like- he was excited to be there. And now he's not. Because his boy, yeah, Jarvis Landry, his boy since high school was there. It's a great story about them playing in high school and playing at LSU together. Now they're on the same NFL team. Great, wonderful story. I love it. But like, are do they have the mental makeup to be championship guys? I, I don't know. LSU didn't win with them. I mean, they did, but not like a national championship. So it's like, are these guys you're you're putting it around these two guys and they're they're great talents, but are they all in it for the team? You know, yeah, it's the weird thing about the NFL, know. man. It it just takes it takes years to write the ship, and they I really yeah. think they took a swing and they they swung right with talent, but it's just yeah. it's not coming together, and that's going to be and, and no one's holding them accountable. You know, yeah. do do you, do you feel like this? Are we going? Uh, is NFL going to like model the NBA a little bit with just like free agency, where guys are just going to be like, I want to go play for this team, like or bust, like don't hire me, I'm just going to be there. Oh, I think it's coming. Yeah, I think I think the more guys realize that they have to control their career in every sort of facet, you're gonna you're not gonna see guys that are gonna go to a Jacksonville Jaguars. It's like a you know a top, t- you know, uh, you know, it's gonna go there and it's like this this place sucks. I want the fuck out of here and I want the fuck out of here now. And I don't really care how much money you're gonna pay me. I don't want to play for you guys anymore. Uh, we we saw it with Eli Manning. Uh, in his first iteration, he didn't want to play for the Chargers, so that he forced yeah. his way out as a trade to the Giants. So we'll see more of it from maybe lesser players, but we will see more of it. All right, uh, one team on my list is I'm doing uh, 2017 Virginia college mm. basketball. I know it was a good squad, but you gotta if you show up as a number one seed, you have yeah. to win that first fucking basketball game. You gotta win it, and then, I, and only I, I, yeah. And not only did they not win it, like it wasn't close. Yes, no, they got they got run, and uh, it, yeah, I mean it had to have happened at some point. We all knew sure. it was going to happen. They yeah, were just but the it, one it was supposed it. to happen with like a buzzer beater, or like it was it wasn't supposed to be like you were just fucking dominated by the 16 seed, which they were. Yeah, yeah, they were. And they, but they, they came back and won the national, national championship. championship year later. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of sucks for me putting them on the list. But I gotta, I gotta, in this decade, if we're talking about like worst teams, and you're thinking about like the 2010s to the 2020s, you're gonna be like, yeah, I was 16 seed was upset by a one, or yeah, flip that. yeah, or, right. yeah. It is. It, that's definitely one of the worst losses for sure. Not no doubt about it. Um, yeah, because they I were like also it. they like were the number one overall. Yes, which is crazy. Yes, all these things they had, uh, all the guys that went uh, DeAndre Hunter, Ty Jerome, Kyle Guy, uh, Injai. They had all those guys that that were there that uh, were were there on the on the national championship team. 
Uh, all those guys took that hard L. I get it. it wasn't a good win. I, I'm not going to put them on my list, though, <laughs> for that. But I, 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 I hear where you're coming from. Uh, what's your other one on your bottom list? Uh, New York Knicks. Uh, again, James Dolan, four GM, seven head coaches, seven seasons under 500, six of them 50 plus losses uh they also lost the title of the best team in new york this year to the nets no one wants to no one cares about the everyone's excited about the Kyrie and kevin durant going to the nets they were spurned by that what that's it's the cherry on the turd decade for the knicks the knicks are and they're six and as we're recording today they're six and twenty uh, they're not anywhere on the way up. They've let all any of their good guys, Carmelo, uh, Porzingis, uh, they have all let them go and flittered through their hands. These guys, the Knicks suck. Yeah, the weird thing is, like, it's also like there's no – they're doing it all wrong. Yes. Like, I, I, I was just another podcast, and they were just like, hey, like, the Knicks are acting what? like they're a free agent destination, which is a great point, yeah. which they're not that no which which how do you win you either grow talent internally on right. a basketball team which they're giving away their talent when they get it or you're right. just or like in, oh. or have missed on their talent right or they've yeah. missed because yeah. they've, they've constantly been in the lottery and they fucking missed yeah oh you and you want to do like oh we're gonna just grow this talent and it's just like it's just not happening or like someone's gonna we're gonna free up all this cap space because we want kevin durant to come here and kevin right. durant which we all thought, or I, I thought Kevin Durant was going to the Knicks. I thought it was going to be no, no. awesome. <laughs> we all thought it. We all thought it'd be. We, we all thought it. We, we did. All it and was, it's just it was, like, how, was... how, do you, how do you fuck that up? You're New York. You're the New York Knicks. Like, it's on you. If you weren't able to execute this, like, if on someone we thought was going to go there, like, and you could pull it off, what happened? Right. Yeah. No, I know. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a terrible franchise, and that's why I have them in my bottom two of the decade. You know, you could probably say it, it could go further than that, but uh, just in the 2010s, I mean, they are, like I said, six seasons of 50-plus losses. That's awful. That is awful. Well, and it's uh, and we're not talking about, like, you know, New Orleans. We're talking about a major market team in the NBA yeah. that should yeah, be, like, co- competing. A constant force in the Eastern Conference – 80s 90s in the 70s they won an uh an nba title um they've been they have been there all the time they were the ones you know neck and neck willis reed against the celtics and all this other stuff i mean they have gobs of history and then uh, post 2000 you get isaiah thomas in there and it just has gone to shit you have james dolan who's just runs it like his own kind of you know you know toy chest and Again, it's it's all about institution institutional like culture that runs from the top down. These are why these teams don't win all the time, and why teams like you know the Celtics or the the Warriors or you know uh, the Patriots they all have top down. They know exactly who they are, and they win. They win a lot. So, okay, brother. Uh, all right, let's go from the top down. Uh... Best teams of the decade. Who you got? Well, I got the Warriors, and we've talked about this. Yep. 
Uh, five straight final appearances from 2014-15 to 2018-19. Um, 505 and tw- uh, 505 wins, uh, won uh, 73 games. Excuse me, setting the record. Uh, six straight seasons of 51 plus wins. They've had two MVPs in Steph Curry, a Defensive Player of the Year in Draymond Green, uh, two Executive of the Years in Bob Myers, one Head Coach of the Year with Steve Kerr. Uh, they undoubtedly change, as we talked about with Steve Kerr, just kind of the evolution of basketball and the way basketball gets played. And they were the tip of the spear when it came to the, you know, jacking up three-pointers, fluid offense, moving, cutting. Uh, and then Kevin Durant came there and made them unstoppable for the last couple years of their run. Yes, yeah, real. Like, uh, you have to – if you're not – paying attention to sports there's no way you do not have this team on your list like they right. they changed basketball it just changed basketball like uh the three-point line is now like a real like something that needs to be paid attention to i and they're just they're fucking killing it they're crushing it and yeah. they had had a elitist run that's up there with maybe we're talking about arguably and like i think we talked this about this before i would say not arguably if they did beat the uh, Cavaliers that one year, but arguably like the best dynasty we've ever seen in a sport. Yeah, I mean it's definitely in this modern era for sure. In in the two thousands, twenty tens, I mean they've been this 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 is the Bulls of the late nineties. This is a team we're not going to see another dominant team like that, um, and have that run like that 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 five six seven year run. Um, for a while uh, yeah. because it, it, it mixed everything in finding homegrown talent, uh, a, a unique uh, system into which they play and then bringing in, you know, a once in a generation talent into their organization. It's going to be tough for, for teams to replicate that. Um, so it's, you know, they're definitely, uh, they're definitely the team of the 2010s in the NBA. That's going to be there. I, I have uh, my other top spot I gave to the 2012 Summer Olympic team. Swimming. And the swimming tip. Ooh. Yeah, they were, I I mean, they, they were crushing. We're talking about... Uh, talking about... Uh, let me scroll down and see how many I get. Uh, 31 total medals, 16 of those being gold. Uh, nine silver, six bronze. It was total domination. Yeah. It was, uh, I think, Swan Song. It's also like we thought Michael Phelps was leaving at 2012, came back to 2016, and still like kicked ass. Yeah. Unbelievable. I like it. I'm going to go on the on that tip as well, too, for my other team. I'm going to leave the Patriots off because they have a little asterisk here, even though they, yeah. even though they, uh, 11, basically 11 straight. 11 plus wins in well, I this d- entire decade. That, that's good. I And I do, I love that. Was it 08 team, that 09 Patriots team that almost went undefeated? That's incredible. Yeah, that was uh, 08. I think 08, was, yeah. Right? 18 yeah. and 1. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so that was incredible, but that was outside the decade. Out of bounds. Out of bounds. Uh, yeah, out of bounds. Uh, 3 and 2 in Super Bowls, AFC Championship games or, or further. Uh, basically from 2011 to 2018. Unbelievable. 
but I'm gonna put a little asterisk next to them, like everyone else is checking them. And I'm gonna go super woke on this woke tip. I'm gonna go with the U.S. women's soccer team. That was on my list. That was on my list. I love that you brought it up. It's right. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Well, yes. we got two. Uh, we got two World Cup wins. Yep. Yep. Uh, in a second in 2011, uh, a gold medal, and this uh, this stat blew my mind. In their play, they they had a 557 goal differential in all their games in the decade. They beat the teams by they had scored a total of 687 goals and only gave up 130 goals in a decade. They fucking dominated everyone that they came across, and uh, yeah, and it's it makes me. I always wanted to put the men's soccer team on the worst teams of it because it's like, <laughs> come on, dudes, like get your shit step together. Up, step up. What are you doing? Yeah, you're gonna fucking crush. Why? Why can't we be this good on the guys' team if we're this good on the girls' team? Doesn't make sense to me. Mm, all good. Uh, what do you say? Welcome, friend of you. Um, all right, that is the top two, bottom two. We're gonna tackle another one until that ball drops to make 2020 official AF. All right, Neapolitan <laughs> showdown. Bring us a jam. So let's leave it alone Cause we can't see eye to eye There ain't no good guy There ain't no bad guy There's only you and me And we just disagree Alright, Neoball and Showdown Up against it, we're doing worst Worst Appointments Worst appointments. Uh, I'm coming out of the gate. I'm doing um. I, I'm doing physical. That's a, that's a hard like. Do you do that? I know we're men of a certain age. Is that a thing? Sure. Am I man of a certain Getting age? I thought I was a kid for a while, yeah. and now I'm just like, do I get to go? You're you're all grown up. Yeah, you're all grown up. Get baby. that shit checked out. I'm not going to. But like, Getting a it physical? sounds like I haven't gotten a like a like a. Like, are you talking about for like high school football or just in like, hey, I need to get a primary care physician? Yeah, it's a, it's a great. A well, I definitely both of those. I don't. I don't even know yes. what. I don't even know what a yearly physical means. Like, what happens? I go in there and they just like check me out. Check you out, you know, pokey praja, you know, check your blood pressure, sure. all that good stuff. I have no sure. idea. <laughs> uh, my blood pressure hasn't been checked by something that's not an internal like Walgreens machine in my life. So you go there and they give them blood pressure and they're just like it's a little high. Yeah. But as, you know what's weird is um, getting your like, blood you're like oh you're you're a little hypertensive. That's yeah, fine. And getting your blood pressure checked seems nerve wracking, which would up your blood pressure. Yeah, so yeah. I, it seems like I'm a, a cool customer. Stat. I'm I'm low. I'm usually low. Yeah. Although I was a little higher as of late, and that made me nervous because, you know, I was like, man, I can't, I can't, I can't fall into all the foibles of being old. Getting high blood pressure, and I, I don't even want to get my cholesterol checked. God damn. Who knows what that's going to be? I'm going to cut this out. I know you are, you've been so honest on this podcast about like, you don't love getting older. Like, yes. you're a rock star, but you're just like, it's starting to like, you feel, you feel older. Like, you're feeling yes, older. I do. Yeah. And the stats are backing it up. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, yeah. you go, like, the blood. I agree, like, because I'm afraid, like, I, you know, we walked in, I was in Atlanta shooting, and then I walked yeah. into, like, a CVS, and they're like, free blood pressure checking, you get $5 off on anything. I was like, I'd rather pay the $5 than you ain't going to give me good Find news. Find out what that nightmare what, is? Yeah, what if my blood pressure is bad news? I don't think it'd be weird. It'd be weird. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, see, that's the thing is, is I, uh, it is one of those things like where more recently, like I've been usually very good about stuff and my, my, my numbers have always been very good on that sort of stuff. And now as I'm getting older, I'm just basically, I thought about it the other day. I was like, I'm 40 years old now, basically from 30 to 40, which is 25% of my life. I really haven't taken care of myself at all. I haven't worked out. I used to play basketball, hike all the time. I don't do any of that anymore. I'm like woefully out of shape. It's bad. It's bad news, man. And it's like, oh, that's kind of scary when you think about it from that perspective. And uh, and uh, I don't like it. Yes, I don't like well, it. Well, I, I don't want to drop this on you, but it's probably a new fire in your ass on the just like – I. it's so cliche and it's just like the movie thing or whatever. But like you have to be healthy for your kids, right? Like you want to be able yes. to tumble around. You want to be able to like be fucking alive for them so right yeah right. it's not like you're you're not gonna go out there just like you're dying but it's just like it is the if i don't change this now like this is gonna get out of control 10 years from now and then i'm gonna be like you know walking corpse oh for sure yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely that you're like it it's it's a lot harder now than it was even a decade ago and it's like you know it, so you have to be way more disciplined now than you do than you ever did before. And that was the thing. I was like, I didn't have to be disciplined when I was in my 20s. Yeah. I could eat and pass out with a Carl's Jr. burger in my mouth and wake up spry the next day and play I basketball this, and yeah. run up and down the court. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 my youth, I wasted all of my my athletic and physical prowess. <laughs> and now that I'm 40, I'm like, oh, shit, I got to get this back on the right train. Otherwise, it's going to be bad news in the next 10 years. Oh, well, should we announce Ugh. it now? Like, should we do our competition? Well, I think it should be. Sure. We'll we'll figure it out. But we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Let's not go half cocked in all of our. No, ideas. let's so go half cocked. Right, let's get it. I it's, it's not pound for pound because we should do. We'll figure it out, but we will be rolling out the weight loss competition, and we that's right. We encourage you guys to drink, uh, to join, uh, and drink. But shoot us an email, mavsportspodcast at gmail We'll figure out. Burn those pounds. I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to lose. I'm ready to lose 15. Woo. 15, baby. I like it. What do you you don't look like you don't have, you, you don't have 15 to, to spare, Brandon. What do you think? I know. Spot. We're going to make it. We're going to make it fair. We're going to figure it out. Um, all right. Uh, that is one appointment. I'll give myself. I, we talked 10 minutes about it. I'll give myself 10 points. What's your there bottom you rung? Number three. I don't like uh, I don't like scheduling haircuts. I think it's super annoying to have to schedule all the time. Like every five to six weeks, I just I really wish I could just go with like a buzz cut all the time. Yeah. Because I don't like it. I don't like. I have a very chatty. Uh, I guess I can't call her a barber because I go to like an actual salon. Uh, mm-hmm. So I guess my hairdresser. Which feels really wow. fucking silly to wow. say. Yeah, We're getting I know, deep. Right? We're getting deep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I uh, I have to schedule every like six weeks with her, and then um, I do like the scalp massage, but she's very chatty, and I know way too much about her, and I hate that. I hate talking. I just want you to come in there because I feel like if I... you're talking while you're cutting my hair, you're not focused 100 percent on my hair, <laughs> and that would be a that would be a big problem. So just just cut it. I'll be silent. I'll keep I'll keep. I'll be a statue. I'll be super still. You won't be worried about me. I'll be in, out, done. I don't like haircuts. Brother, I agree with you. Like, you you still strike me as a guy. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you were just like, hey, um, 
I have hair, so once every three weeks, I walk in the bathroom right before I go to bed, and I just turn on the clippers, and I just buzz it down to fucking, like, a foreguard. Uh, right. I wish. I wish. I don't like clippers on my hair, though. Fucking use scissors. Put a little work into it. I know that way. I, I don't want, like, everything being uniform. I, I do. I, yeah. you know, I like I, you got, a little you got bit a good, of it. You got a good do, brother. You got a good do. I get Thanks, it. bro. And it's classic. It's a classic. It's a classic do. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I don't like getting my hair cut. And uh, I, I, I don't own a brush. I don't know if many people know this. Yeah. I just make, I do my do. hair with my hands. Yeah. That's how it is, man. <laughs> There's no style, no prep time, baby. I, I love it. It's like it's funny you bring that up because it's like getting a haircut, not on my list, but I'm gonna give you points because it stresses me the fuck out. Because it's what you're talking about. Like if I go to get a haircut and someone's talking to me about like what I want, I'm just like, I don't. I told you what I want. Like I'm not. I'm. I'm not the professional. Like if someone yeah. showed up to paint your house, you're just. They're just like, uh. Do you think we should use a roller here? You think we should? I don't know. I don't know. Paint the house. Get it. This up. is the worst cut. Should we, would we take an inch, inch and a half? I don't know what yeah. that looks like on my head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Make. Why me do you think look I like would know this? this? Picture. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Stresses me out. Also, if they want to talk the entire time, oh, that's that's a home run. All right, now uh, thirty minutes of talking, you get thirty points. That's what's up. Boom. Uh, I'm going to do this is going to be a little tricky because it's it's earned points after like shitty points but it's like uh, the TSA pre-check this is a humble brag I don't know if you have done this I'll send you it for your birthday TSA pre-check is the jam you do have to it's a very annoying errand you have to go do something it sucks I like this yes you can spend money But for the yeah. rest of your life, it's the best 90 minutes you've ever spent. Yeah, exactly. I've, we thought about this with the kids. I'm interested to see how the pre-check works with the kids. Um, because I think, especially for you, you travel quite a bit. This has got to be like a godsend. Uh, it's, it's, it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Hands down. But doing down. it is a fucking annoying. It's a pain in the ass. You don't have to take off your shoes. I don't take the laptop out of the bag. I have to remove my belt. It's just, And it's a yeah, shorter fuck line. Yeah. Fuck Holy yeah. smokes. You're telling me all the things I like already. It's like time travel. But how annoying, is it? how annoying was it to get it done, though? Uh, it's, it's not annoying. What's annoying is putting it on your calendar. Like, when you show up there, yeah. for me, and I did it in New York. Right. And... Oof. It wasn't bad. It's like you think it's gonna be a DMV line. It's just not. Like you just kind of show up there. You have to sit in a chair for like twenty five minutes, and then someone takes a picture of your, pay, uh, your face, and you're just like, "I'm not a criminal." They're like, "Let me let me verify that." Oh, we don't check that. Wait, wait. Oh yeah, we'll we'll, we'll let you know out. if you're not a criminal. <laughs> yeah, the check stuff. The actual like the experience wasn't bad. Setting the appointment up, it just it seems like one of those appointments where just like they could always just punt. You're never going to do. Yeah. But I'm telling you to do it. Just do it. Yeah. I like it. I like it because that's the thing. It's like kicking the can down the road. I like it. Yeah. Every time I get it, every time I go through like the pre-check line, I just high five my old self that took that fucking like <laughs> fucking two hours. Um, all right, brother. Um, I'm going to go. My last is the tax man. Oh, I didn't even go. I, oh, I didn't even go my number two. I'll give you number two. I give it. 
Yeah, that's right. Well, we, you mentioned it real quickly. Uh, a DMV. I've traveled. I've lived in California, Michigan. No, not humble bragging. North Carolina, uh, and now in Indiana. Uh, oh, your ID. I would say. Oh, fucking getting a new ID is the worst. <laughs> is the worst. Do you, feel, you don't just float. Can you not do it as a father? Maybe, maybe it's like not. I just I float that shit. What do you mean by float that shit? Well, I don't know. What I mean, you, I you don't. Just don't do it. I. Uh, I don't. I maybe I'm being complicit right here in a crime, but it's just like I. I lived with a Kansas ID in Los Angeles for probably like five years. And I lived with a Los Angeles ID in New York for probably like five years. Yeah. Oh, I did the same as well, too, uh, until you get pulled over one day and they're like, hey, those plates <laughs> yeah. should have been changed. Yeah. And you're like, uh-uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah, it sucks. Um, but, yeah, it's just setting those, you know, it's you have to call to set an appointment or do it online. Yeah. I will say this. Indiana is the Bureau of Motor Vehicles fucking smooth. But – when I went to go take the picture, they were like, you can't show your teeth when you smile. You Try fucking teeth. doing that. Yeah, teeth. I got great teeth, bro. You yeah. got good teeth. I got great teeth. Fuck it. Uh, you but no, teeth? So now I have this dorky-ass picture with no teeth because <laughs> I don't know how to smile without showing my fucking teeth. You got you to gotta, you gotta post it on the gram. Now we're all super interested on your ID picture. Oh my god! Oh, this will be harder than admitting my weight on the weight loss challenge. Without you showing the teeth, I got to see that. <laughs> uh, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm a I'm a pot of my I'm a map of my word. I'll do it. All right. So uh, your teeth when you smile and we see them, that's uh, probably around eight chiclets. So that's uh, <laughs> a plus eight. Uh, Very good. My last is the tax man as I yeah. preached on earlier. It's just like that is because here's what sucks too. Like you can't, you can pay for an extension. You can kick that can down the road. You could pay, you could pay for sure. For sure. Yeah. You can kick it down the road. That's all those. Like, I think the worst actual chores or errands you have to run are ones you can just be like, I can put this off until October. And then you always yeah. think you're just like, I'm going to figure this in August. I'm going to just, and then it's like, you get called in October, and you're like, you got to figure this out. Tax me. Yeah. Bad. You're, yeah. My number one is taxes, too. Uh, oh, it your is. Taxes oh, nice. must be a, yeah, it is. It is. Yours must be a fucking nightmare. Ours are not. I mean, well, getting married is even more complicated. You know, it's like, it's I, here's what I hate. I hate paying money all year, then paying someone to find out. <laughs> how little money I have to pay more on top of the stuff that I've already paid. Yeah. This is the thing that I hate the most about taxes. And then I hate, I do, you're right. I hate that. Like, Oh, well from January 1st to the end of January, your employer has the time to give you your final statements basically. And then from there it's on you till April 15th to figure out the rest of it. Um, it sucks. It's annoying. And it is like, Oh, I'll get this done in February. Boom, 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 boom. We'll get it out of there. We'll figure this out. And then it's like cut to like April 11th. And you're like, oh shit, I got to get this done. Fuck. He's like, I, I, uh, I want to shout. I'm in so much agreement with you. Like, yeah. No one knows how taxes work. That's the, that's no the does. weirdest thing about being a child and being an adult. You're just like, oh, some things will figure themselves out. Like, I'll learn how to drive. Right, right. I'll get, like, a fucking ID. I'll be able to buy liquor. 
and I'll be able to just do taxes. And like every time I ask the tax person, I'm just like, hey, uh, here's my company. Here's what the score is. They're just like, well, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, yeah. well, I'm paying you to be like, well, I know. And like, no, yeah, yeah. every time I get, I'm just like, can you officially sign off on this? They're just like, I mean, it looks right. Like no one fucking, right. it's the fucking wild west. It is the Wild West, and everyone is the Wild West, and everyone acts like they fucking know. You don't. Potty, you if you're listening out there and you're like, yeah. oh, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. There's, there's a famous Seinfeld scene where Kramer's just like, they just write it off. And he's like, you don't know what that means. <laughs> you don't know what writing it off means. Yeah. I don't know what writing off means. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Look, I don't know what's acceptable, what's not. I think I told you when I was when I was a sales rep of like four or five years ago, I had all this like mileage that I didn't get paid for. We put it into like the system. She came back. She's like, "Ooh, this would flag you for an audit." I was like, "But it's right. Will I get audited? Won't I get audited? I don't know. You could submit it. Find out." Well, I don't want to do that. God, that sounds like a fucking damn, nightmare. I know. Come on, people. God damn, taxes suck. Um. All right. Well, so that's the being the Neapolitan showdown. I'm gonna give my uh victory to. I'm going to give it the most awesome because he's going to have other shit Ooh. to do in April, which is figuring out what he can write off and what he cannot as we locked up right. in the top spot. It's, it's not much. Uh, it's MVP not much. of the week. I have the black hole. Uh, Ooh. The last, Ooh, your boy. The last home game in Oakland. Uh, it's not, it's not shit. Like, they left, they came back, they left, they came back. It's always a shitty thing to see a franchise leave. Uh, you know, a city that has, like, a, a little bit of a following, a little bit of a tradition, and it's going to be over. I mean, we're all excited for the Raiders to be in Vegas because every time we yes. fucking fly to Vegas, you and me, brother, we're going to be catching a Raiders home game. Fuck we're yes, be betting bro. on it in a stance. We might be bleary-eyed. We might not have slept, but we will be there. <laughs> we will be there at the game. That would be the chance. Exactly. Who do you got, buddy? My uh, MVP, I'm going to go with Eli Manning getting the standing O, his last home game, assumedly. I don't know if that's the right word. Assuming it's going to be the right uh, last game as a giant. Uh, got the dub over uh, the Dolphins. But yeah, it's the Dolphins, but yeah, threw three picks, but got to win. Good for you, Eli. I like it. I like that. I thought about that too. Like, I didn't want to bet the narrative, but I was just like, there's no way. Like, what makes the narrative perfect is like he legit finishes with a 500 record that makes sense for eli manning yeah 100 100 percent. it is non-hall of fame career <laughs> although he will make it to the hall of fame this is kidding been the mab sports podcast episode 94 you guys shout at us let's know you want to tackle it may be a sports podcast at gmail.com i'm brandon why don't you sign yourself off most awesome Hey, audience members, no need to take your earbuds out because you've been cleared for the MAB pod check line. You thought I had more, but I didn't. Fame. She likes. Glamour. Runway. Style. Fame. She likes fashion.